Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Randall Show, we talk about some of our favorite tips for working with lateral epicondylitis or tennis elbow. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am joined by the crew at Champion PT and Performance, our physical therapist, strength coach, uh, Duesh Podell, along with Lisa Russell, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto, Lenny Macrina here answering all your awesome questions. Awesome this week, not amazing. Um, awesome questions. PT, fitness, sports, performance, career advice, anything you want to talk about, head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link, and you can ask your own question too. Trust me, if you have a question, tons of other people probably have it too, so don't be shy. Submit away. Uh, Leonard. Yes. Would you like Another to week has gone by, but the I know. students are- Great week, are, everyone. Yeah, wearing the same clothes. You guys did great. Um, just another day closer to springtime. Um, on that note, uh, we have four beautiful, beautiful students. We have Eric, uh, do not call me Jennifer King. Sorry, Eric. Uh, from Franklin Pierce University in Arizona, we have uh, Johnny Herrera from Regis University. No, I do not have a cheat note, by the way. I know you guys, where you guys go to school, and I know your names at this point. Uh, to Johnny's right is Katie Stone. She is from University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Fun fact, Katie is an athletic trainer as well. So we've tapped into that knowledge. And we have uh, Jonathan Sandberg from Creighton University in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, the home of Warren Buffett. Let's, so for the for the PT student decathlon that we love to do. Um, I pick Katie. I th- <laughs> uh, well, I th- I, I, every student gets to pick a, a task that's in their wheelhouse. It's not fair. Sometimes we have the gymnast students that... I uh, have some really unique uh, skill sets, that, uh, that, <laughs> but uh, I think we definitely have to have an ankle tape job as part of the decathlon here. I would love to see <laughs> Jonathan versus Katie in a head to head ankle tape off. That would be, that would be amazing. Like the, the NATA convention, go to the NATA convention, the Kramer booth. It's like they time it. There's a leaderboard, right? Like see how fast you can That's take funny. an ankle. Pretty funny. So uh, anywho. All right. What do we have? Eric, what do we have for a question this week? All right. We have uh, Paul from Switzerland. Do you have any tips on treating tennis elbow? I often see this type of injury, but it always seems to take longer to get better than other injuries. Awesome. Great question, Paul. Thank you, Eric. Amazing reading. Good job. Um, <laughs> we have the best students. They can read so well. Um, they, they um, I, I, is, this is common, right, guys? Right? Like, like I, I feel like there's a few things that we deal with that people struggle with. So I, I like what Paul said here. He's like, I see this injury a bunch, but it seems to take longer to get better than others. 
right? So tennis elbow seems to be like one of those, those odd ones. So lateral epicondylitis, right? Seems one of those odd ones that, 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 that just take a while, right? Maybe, maybe it's because of the chronicity of it, right? Maybe it's a little bit more beat up. So it takes a little bit longer, but um, let's talk about this. So, you know, the question for me is about like, what are our tips, right? Not like, let's go through a, a huge extensive protocol. Like what are our tips? So like, um, Dave, you want to start like, like what's some of your tips for tennis elbow? Maybe we'll just keep going around the room and just going tip by tip and try to knock this out. Yeah. I have a couple of these uh, patients now uh, that are kind of struggling. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes they don't really realize how a lot of things contribute to the issue. And sometimes it's kind of like, you know, not in their awareness that a lot of different grip activities probably happen. So the couple that I have now, for example, like started after like doing a pull-up program or trying to get like get their uh, big set of pull-up or something like that, but also were deadlifting very heavy. Uh, also, we're doing a lot of uh, like split squats and step-ups holding dumbbells. And they were also playing golf on the weekends. And so he was really like, I don't know where this came from, just one day out of the blue. But you look back at his workload program, and since like quarantine, um, he was like, yeah, I, I was doing pull-ups and deadlifting and split squats, and then I was trying to golf when the golf course is open. And I was like, kind of realized how all of those things are very grip intensive. And he was like, oh, I didn't even realize that. So he was still, uh, he took like time away from his pull-ups. So he thought that was the only thing that caused it, but he was still golfing. He was still doing other stuff. He was, and he's also like, he got a, a young uh, kid, so he's like holding her and all that kind of stuff. And I think once he was more aware of that, he was able to kind of modify around it. It's hard though because these things you need your arms to do stuff, right? You <laughs> can't not do something in daily life, but just educating him about like the the volume of gripping, I think was really important for him. But also, um, he was really kind of going all on the manual therapy, uh, you know, soft tissue care route for a while. And what we needed to teach him on is like, these things need load, you need like the load is too high, but no loading is not going to help you. I think we know from research, you're trying to actually produce some load induced changes. So you actually do have to do some exercises to help that build up. So he was kind of riding the roller coaster of no loading because it hurt to full load and try to test the waters, quote unquote. So that would be my advice is have a really good subjective talk first before you start diving into exercises. Yeah. So it sounds like what he did, he tried to layer some manual therapy, some feel good stuff, which could be part of a good treatment progression, but he tried to layer that on top of not really adjusting workloads. Right. So it's, you know, to use a dramatic example, right? Like my finger hurts because I keep hitting it with a hammer, right? Well, if I keep hitting it with a hammer, hammer, but then I go see Dave to massage it, probably not going to do anything. Right. <laughs> it's not like, like theoretically. Right. So uh, sometimes you have to make the analogy that obvious for people. Right. Or so use whatever uh, uh, vision that uh, works best for you. But I, I think that's a good example of that. Um, so I think tip number one there is that uh, treating without like really assessing their workload, I think is, is, is going to, is going to really lead to some issues. I think a lot of people probably um, uh, that happens to quite a bit is we just go right into treatments and not a, enough of trying to really dig in deep on what happened with their workload, right? And in Dave's example, that was a lot of things he was doing, for example, but it might've just been that one thing that threw him over the edge. Like, so you got to really like kind of figure that out. So nice, good tip. All right, who's up next? Tip number two, who wants to take it? I'm going to blame this on the delay of Zoom and not anybody being hesitant. I like this, good. Let's see, I'm going to go Pope. I think I saw Pope raise his hand first. <laughs> What's tip number two for tennis elbow? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of them. I'm going to try not to take a bunch of them. Um, but I think the big <laughs> thing is you want to make sure you have a good diagnosis, right? When people have pain on the side of the elbow, um, the obvious thing we're thinking about is a, is a tennis elbow, but you might be dealing with some humeral radial joint pathology. You might be dealing with, say, a radial nerve issue. Um, so if you're not getting any progress whatsoever, you might just be kind of barking up the wrong, have the wrong diagnosis going into it. Um, and at least for me, I didn't know a ton about these pathologies until I took a specific course for it. 
And now I'm just more um, keen to thinking about other things if, if something's not proving, you know. That makes sense, right? So good tip number two, right? I mean, if we're if we're even if it were slightly off, if we're treating the wrong thing, then we may be spinning our wheels a little bit, or at least some of the things we do may not be working, right? And may, and we may be missing the boat on something. So I like that's that's a really good one. Is like get good at your differential diagnosis of lateral elbow pain. I like that, uh, Lisa. What do you think? Um. Well, I, I mean, kind of piggybacking off what both Dan and Dave said, um, elbow pain for, I'm, I'm like really in my rowing bubble at this one, but um, it's actually something I'm really expecting a lot of people are going to have a wicked hard time with this spring because people have not been in boats and um, not having that same gripping mechanism. Um, and then especially to get a little rowing technical, but like, especially in a bigger boat where you're feathering the oar or you're like shifting your wrists, like in timing with gripping, um, typically in the spring tennis elbow and like forearm tendonitis are huge anyway. And then you go from missing almost an entire year in boats for some programs. Like I think it's actually going to be pretty significant. Um, but a lot of rowers who end up with that problem, it's really more that their technique is faulty. Um, so I tend to, you know, kind of, again, what Dan and Dave were talking about, I kind of tend to look back at like, okay, you know, why is your elbow getting overloaded? Cause it shouldn't be, um, you know, maybe like adding in some more gripping exercises outside of, you know, rowing, but at the same time, it, it's usually like a break in the elbow that's overloading it more and not putting the load in their back of their shoulders and, um, you know, different things that, that'll change that loading rather than, just like massaging their forearm, you know? That's great. So I, I, I actually picked up on two good tips right there. So Dave talked about just like, like layering on and overloading, right? Lisa has a really good example of, of not building your workload capacity up in time. So not building enough chronic workload base before you just go crazy into your, your, whatever activity it is you're doing. So even maybe even putting that together with Dave's example, right? Like again, maybe, maybe if he didn't, Dave's patient didn't just jump right into that pull-up program and he's eased in a little bit more, maybe that would have been better. So that's another good one. Maybe it's not just the overall quantity, but maybe it was the, the ramp up progression for that. I like that. And two is the other one is technique. I think, I think that's a really good one, Lisa. A lot of people just, they're doing things awkwardly. I know in tennis, most tennis people, like I, you know, I don't know, we're not tennis experts here, but like, I think it's like, golf right where like like a lot of tennis players don't get lateral epicondylitis right it's it's usually the ones that aren't good at tennis and they're flipping their wrist too much right they're using the wrong mechanical force instead of using their body to rotate through the ball right same thing with the medial elbow right so i think uh you know that's another solid one so um i think maybe to, to sum it up for this episode i'll add one more maybe the fifth one for this one and i'd just say um and this might be a little similar to dan's i think dan's was like kind of more around like let's differential diagnose lateral elbow pain and what's going on the elbow, I would say I really, really want you to clear the cervical spine, right? And I actually think that that's a large contributor in the in the things that I see with lateral epicondylitis is it's coming from the cervical spine. And sometimes you can be completely asymptomatic from cervical issues too, right? Like you can be completely asymptomatic. But the analogy I tend to use is let's say we have a, a five lane highway of nerves going down your arm. And for whatever reason, we have a bulge stenosis or something, who knows, something's going on. And only four of those lanes are communicating down there, but you're still living life at 100%. 
right? Then you're going to overload that. So this muscle is being overloaded by 20% just by living normal life because it's only getting 80% of your signal. Does that make sense? So that may not actually work physiologically, but it's a good like kind of theory to explain to somebody, right? Like to kind of go off that. But I think conceptually that that is one thing that I often think people miss is that sometimes we're having some cervical neurogenic issues that go with this and they're just overloading their grip and their elbow. Okay. So um, solid tips right there. I like how none of our tips involved what to do for treatment, right? None of them was like, do this exercise or do this. I think we all know mobility. I think we all know strength and eccentrics and stuff like that could be important for lateral epicondylitis. I think we all know that, but we still all seem to struggle with the chronicity and how long these take to come back, right? So maybe there's something deeper we need to do with workloads or different differential diagnosis or some of their techniques they're using, or maybe even some of the cervical spine put together. So I think that's a really, really good five tip uh, kind of process you can go through to kind of to, to see if we can get better at lateral epicondylite. So good. Great question. Thanks so much, Paul. Appreciate it. If you have a question like that, Head to micround.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us more questions and keep it going. Like we'll keep doing this as long as you guys keep answering questions, right? Although I didn't clear that with everybody. Is everybody good with that? I didn't ask everybody. Okay, good. Everybody's everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll keep answering questions as long as you keep asking them. So we're here for you guys. Just let us know. Head to iTunes, head to Spotify, subscribe so you can get updates every time we uh, we have a new episode. And we will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.